Hi, this is Paul Warren, and you're listening to the Rams Review Podcast. This is the Rams Review Podcast. Discussions, insights, interviews, and analysis. All passion, all Derby County. Hello everybody and welcome to the Rams Review Podcast with another mini festive episode because nobody wants to listen to an hour and a half of it four times in 10 days. So we just, as uh, as we did with the Lincoln one, 30, 35 minutes. Um, and this week we are talking all things Wigan as we were at the DW yesterday, Boxing Day, and we recorded a very nice and comfortable, I would add, uh, we'll dive into that in a bit, one nil victory, and to talk all about that, there's a stranger on the podcast. It's been a while. Chris Holt is back from the Rams Writer Podcast. Chris, nice to see you, mate, and festive uh, festive greetings to you. Uh, Merry Christmas, Jason. Good evening. Yep, really looking forward to it. It's great to catch up. It is. It's, it has been a while. Um, so yeah, getting as I say, pretty much doing just smaller ones over over the festive period because the games do come thick and fast. Um, we said on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, obviously, that this period of um, of games will, will probably test Derby's metal and really show us sort of what where they might be focusing for the second half of the season. Uh, obviously, we picked up that result against Lincoln. We then got three very tricky away fixtures. I mean, how it's worked out that we've got three three away fixtures in what six days, seven days, and two of them are in the top six. It's it, it's not worked out great for Derby, but. The first of three is ticked off, Chris. And I have to say, yesterday, bar probably the last 10 minutes, and it's what happens when, obviously, you dominate a game the way that Derby did and they don't get that second goal, I'd put that up there with probably Derby's best performance of the season for me. I thought Derby were fantastic yesterday. I thought the first half, they were brilliant. Should have had an absolute hatful. Um, and, you know, I don't think anybody could have begrudged Derby going in 2-3 up at... Uh, half time, but unfortunately, the uh, the shooting boots weren't quite on yesterday. But that first half, Chris, I mean, as I say, I watched it for for a Wigan side who, without a point deduction, had been in and around it. I thought Derby bossed them yesterday. I really did. I don't think Derby looked worried at all. As I say, you you get a bit of a tirade in the last ten, but I thought it was a very very comfortable performance. What what did you think? Consistent, calm. Um, I have to put my hand up straight away and actually. As people know, I was very pessimistic about this season and Paul Warren and, and the football that was being played up till the end of October and November. And you know what? I'm, I'm actually I, I'm with you 100%, Jason. I actually thought yesterday was the most complete performance Derby County have had this season in many ways. And and the easiest way I assess it is if you look at all the players that uh, played for us yesterday, um, I would probably say, Jason, there was eight, if not nine, seven to 7.5 pluses out of 10. And that hasn't happened in a Derby County side this season. And I thought that we've scraped home. Okay, this is the seventh win in eight, which is great. But we have scraped, I'd probably say, half of those. But I, I agree with you. 
We look composed as well, so confident, composed. There's a good attitude. Um, I also like the fact he switched to a 4-4-2. He sort of put Wigan on the back foot and said to Wigan, you can play your football, you can play your expansive width, but you're not going to get through the system we're going to play. Um, did you think that they... I never thought they looked in doubt, Jason, to be honest. Even in even in the bombardment towards the last five or ten minutes, it was just... It was bird food. They were just nibbling at everything that was being thrown in. And Joe uh, Jay Wildsmith, I believe, didn't have a shot to, to, to make, didn't have a shot to save. No, um, I think the most Joe did was get to get a bit of treatment towards the the, the end of the game. Um, but yeah, I, I would fully agree. It, it was it was complete, and that's I mean, after the Lincoln game, which you know you, you can't knock a three nil win, but we weren't at our best. There's no two ways about that. We weren't particularly brilliant against Wickham, and, and we we got a sucker punch towards the end. Um, and obviously, it was said how true it is. It was reported that, you know, Paul Warren had a, had a word with them after Lincoln saying, you know, that's just, it's it's not good enough. You can't perform like that, even though with a 3-0 win, you know. Um, better teams would have put Derby more to the sword. I think, that, I think that's fair to say. So then to get the reaction, and it's always a, a tricky one, isn't it? Boxing Day. Um, it only takes a little bit too much turkey um, for, for something to change. Um not saying that obviously the players aren't disciplined, I get all that, but th- there are so many variables that could have made yesterday different. And like you say, it, we, they they never really laid a glove on us. I remember talking about um, at the beginning, obviously first game of the season, how expansive like, down the wings football that they played. And I must admit, I thought, do you know what? We've actually got one, oh, well, we know we have, we've got the best back line in the division. And we've got two players that can play fullback quite comfortably. Great to see Ryan Niambe come back in. Somebody we'll talk about in a bit more detail in a little bit. <clears throat> but I knew we've got the answer to their to their strengths. But I don't really ever too much remember them getting down as Chris either down the sides. They, they seem to they seem to struggle to do that as well. Which, as you say, you take your hats off. The game plan, the the slight change in formation, the, the slight change in in the plan. Just it just worked yesterday. Now that there's no guarantees that obviously that's going to continue and work on Friday against Oxford. I get that, but like you said, we're we're seven wins out of eight. Let's be honest, should have been eight out of eight. Yes, we've not played fantastically. We're marching towards that top two very comfortably. Results went our way yesterday as well in in one or two of them. Certainly, Pompey dropping points is is a big thing. Um, you know. Everything's coming up smelling of roses at the minute, and unfortunately, the the pessimistic side of me as a Derby County fan is just waiting to waiting for the sort of the wheels to fall off. A little bit similar to what he did last year when we had that run. But um, one nil. I mean, that that's if you if you're going to be negative, and we, we you know obviously on this podcast as we always do, we try and be balanced and we try and find you know we'll praise praise. There's no doubt about that. But you know if there's something that's not been good you need to mention it and yesterday not putting the ball in the back of the net when we have been on a bit of a run of putting the ball in the back of the net Chris we have been dispatching teams as well uh, quite a bit just recently um, to not see to at least one or two more of them hit the back of the net I mean obviously keepers come out with a couple of wonder saves Barkhausen's not got his shooting boots on which is something that we tend to say quite regularly on this podcast unfortunately Um, 
he's becoming the new Keo for me. He, he's the one who gets all the slander, Barkhausen. But obviously, he puts the ball in for the goal, doesn't he? So you know, he you, he has an assist. But um, I mean that. And if I'm brutally honest, I don't think Mendes Lang was as effective yesterday um, as he could have been. And it, again, it, you put you put in two and two together. He doesn't have the world's greatest game. Derby do look a little bit toothless going forward. Um, it, it, if I was going to pick any negatives, Chris, they'd be the two. What What do you reckon? I think Nathaniel Mendes Lang was he in a fitness battle anyway? I'm not sure that Paul Warren was convinced he was going to play. So when I saw his name out there, um, I was quite surprised to be honest, and I was going to. I was quite interested to see a Derby team uh, challenge um, a good side away without him and how they would fare. Um, I think the Barkhazen debate is a, is an interesting one because he's one of those players who ripped it up in the lower leagues when he was at Morecambe and got his big move to well, a bigish move to Preston and was Mr. Consistent without ripping it up in the championship, wasn't he? And he, he reminds me very much of Tommy Smith. In the days of Derby, he's got a very similar cuts inside from the left um, and should be scoring more goals uh, than he does. And, and his skill set and, and his ability shows for all to see. Um, the question would be, if he did have that skill set, Jason, added to his, his current stats, would he be in League One? Probably not. Um, the thing that concerns me, and again, it, it's a balanced argument, fantastic win. It just worries me still that we are still fundamentally using Liam Rossini players. If you look at that starting 11 yesterday, there's only two players, I believe, that have been brought in through the Paul Warren era. There was Curtis Nelson, who was absolutely outstanding, um, and Ryan Yambi, who we'll come to. So you've actually still got nine players from... Uh, the previous management still playing. And Paul Warren's always said that, you know, when it wasn't going quite right, he was saying that there was there was people in the squad or people in the side, big hitters who who he needed to 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 take out of the club for, for various reasons. But he's still going back to that that regime of players. Now, does that say that his current um crop of players that he's brought into the club aren't good enough? And therefore does that mean that we could fall flat in January? With, with the transfer window, which we'll talk about, you know, I think Niambi was a was a was a genius signing. He, he's a, he's he's the ultimate fullbacks fullback, <laughs> if that makes sense. He knows his role. He knows what he can and can't do. He's not going to be one of these players who thinks he can break the lines, get down the channel, hit the byline, whip across it. He's not that kind of player. He he's what I call it a two thirds player. He he'll go as far as he needs to go and let the other people in front of him do their job and their responsibility to get the ball in the box or ultimately get the ball in there. Um, I think you're right. I think there still is a a need of a, of a striker, possibly two. I'm still also concerned that plan A yesterday worked for a treat. It, it, was, it was a great goal, um, well-placed header. But if that hadn't have gone in, you're right, there would have been that, that big debate again as we had at Wickham, what do we need? Because at the moment, if we do need two strikers, you know and I know every time Derby go up a position in the league, 
and Cashin performs as he's doing, Bird performs as he's doing, they know that potentially Derby County may have money coming into the club. So the price of a striker is only getting up and up, isn't it, Jason? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And again, it's, it's the it's the cliches of the transfer market. What sort of a striker are you getting in January without paying a, a fair chunk for? Because you ain't going to get anybody who's already put 10, 10 in the back of the net this season at this level. Because um, the transfer fee is just, I don't think it's just not going to be there. You get a championship loan who probably hasn't paid, played for three months and is at, is at you know, is is not fit. So it takes six 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 odd weeks for for that fitness to kick in, or you or you take another gamble on a youngster. Which, I mean, obviously it's difficult to say because we've not seen enough of John Jules. It would have been great to obviously him not have his injury and see how he would have progressed because we've seen obviously in very very small flashes what he. What he can do, I think, is a is an is a very comfortable finisher of the of the ball. I, I like what we've seen from him in in very small snippets. Obviously, on the bench yesterday, he wasn't used. Bit bit surprised with that a little bit, but obviously that was the way that the game was going. Um, so yeah, th- there are dilemmas about the side. It, it's a fair point you you make about obviously the makeup of the squad. Um, not really thought of it in uh, in that way, but it, it's. When you think he did bring in what eight nine, was it maybe even more? Um, Twelve was it? Yeah, it might. Yeah, and like you said, there's only two making the team at the moment. Um, that is a bit of a surprise. That is a bit of a surprise. Uh, obviously, we know that some of those are injured, um, and and obviously have been out for a while. I think obviously dropping Joe Ward. Although I'm sure it will be put down to a tactical decision because Niambe is obviously back fit. You know, two mistakes in in four days at home. He's he's not going to get in uh, ahead of uh, Wilson, especially with how well Wilson's played. Obviously, should have scored. I say should have could have scored yesterday if it wasn't for for a great save from uh, from Mister Tickle, um, who, if memory serves me right, thwarted us quite a bit last. Uh, uh, when we played them at home as well, you know, solid goalkeeper. I know Premier League teams are, are sniffing round him. So, um, but yeah, like taking it back a, a little bit to to yesterday. I, I mean, plenty of cheer for the for just under four thousand Rams fans that were there, Chris. And I want to bring up the, the sort of the the reaction of the coaching staff and the reaction of the players at full time. It's something that I stay at Pride Park. I, I stay right to the end and, and, and watch them walk off. And yeah, there's, there's cheers, there's celebrations. They ju- they looked a bit more to it yesterday. There there was fist bumps. There was, you know, big big high fives. It looked like the players celebrated that win a, a, bit, a bit more than they they genuinely would. Because I think a bit like you alluded to a minute ago, they've gone to a big hitter in League One. They are a big hitter in League One. They've practically played them off the park and that obviously that's all you can ask that's all you can ask for they they must know i'm sure that obviously this this three game period whilst it won't obviously define derby's season it it will go along for me it'll go a long way if derby can come out of this with a couple of wins and unscathed and not get beat i think that really really puts them in a in a strong position um more so the fact that the league's not that strong, more than obviously Derby being glamorous every week. I know that. Um but you can only beat what's on what's on the pitch. But I just thought they celebrated it at, at full time, Chris, yesterday, just just a little bit more than I than I've seen. 
And maybe that is a little bit of a, not proving doubt as wrong, but getting a, getting a good result against a, a solid side away from home. Um, a place where over the years we've had some uh, good results. I remember you mentioned Tommy Smith. I was there in about 2004, whenever it was, when, 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 when we were last there on boxing, when we were there on boxing day, I was there that day. Um, I remember it. I remember his goal, but yeah, I, they just felt something at the end of the game for me yesterday that was just a little bit more. Um, obviously, let's face it, if they've had a bollocking after Lincoln, that's going to go, that performance, and other, other than putting more in the back of the net, that's going to go a long way to please the management. Paul Warren said it after the game, that's the way you know we want to be playing. And after two mediocre performances at home, I think they, they got it absolutely spot on yesterday. And as I say, it just looked like it meant to be, it meant a lot to him at full time. No, I agree, Jason. And and just to just to correct uh, one of my facts, that um, there's actually three Paul Warren players. I forgot about Kane Wilson. Uh, he was one of Paul's signings. Um, James Collins was the conductor, wasn't he, for the for the celebration? He was getting everyone together, um, and it was nice that no one went over individually. They all went over coaching staff the bench, uh, the players. There is there is now a reliance on each other. I think they all know what their tasks are. I think sometimes a bollocking now and then isn't a bad thing. You're right. If they would have walked away with a 3-0 and thought they'd got away with uh, one and, and not told that they 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 were their performance wasn't acceptable, then I don't think Paul Warren's doing his job. Um, what what I also liked about yesterday was the commitment to the badge. Now, as I said at the start of the show, you know I have a lot of people who who doubt what I say because of my opinions at the start of the season, and and yes, they are changing. I think the differences now that I'm seeing from what I saw last year, and I'll, I'll throw this back to you, is that we went on that big run last year, 19 games, if I remember rightly. Then we had that that uh, awful result against West Ham where we didn't play at all. We haven't got that distraction this year. We haven't got the FA Cup. And to be completely honest, I'd be quite happy if we got the Bradford game out of the way and, and put our under-21s out and, 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 and went out on a whim. I, I don't care. I think what the players need now is pure focus on, on the job ahead, which is promotion. And... You are absolutely spot on. I actually think the game coming is the hardest game of the season. I think Oxford away, who have now found their mojo, is a very, very difficult game. And and I say that because Portsmouth at the moment are wobbling and wobbling quite badly, to be honest. I'm quite surprised. And to see a Derby County team do what they did yesterday and go over to those fantastic fans as a unit they they wanted to play again. If it was down to them, I reckon they would have played today, Jason. I really do. And uh, I think your actual point about the togetherness may be the difference between this year and last year. But January the 1st is coming and, and, and a lot of things can happen. Yeah, the, the, we could we could definitely get a couple of upsets to the apple cart in January. And we know those, you know, could well be. Um, and... Look, if we're resigned to losing him, we're resigned to losing him. There's not, there's not a great deal we can do about that. It will damage Derby, of course, it will. Um, and you know, until until other 
uh, things happen, then, you know, obviously we, we, it's difficult to comment on that. But I think you're right in the, the there does seem a bit more of a togetherness. There, there does. Um, something I was thinking about just before we started about obviously talking about the game, but then obviously having a bit of a talking point as well. And you've kind of hit it there. When we're in the purple patch of Derby County, notoriously over the last few years, we know all about it. It doesn't seem to matter what coaching staff are involved, what players are involved. Derby County tend to play well through October, December, and then it's the the wheels start to fall off. And like you say, last year that West Ham game, whilst it was great because it gave us the opportunity to you know test ourselves. It's not the only thing, but it really did make a big difference. Obviously, we, we got a, a couple of injuries in that game and it really did it did derail us a little bit. Um, like you say, we haven't really got that distraction. Um, the EFL Trophy one's an interesting one because, like you say, you get beat by Bradford, whatever, you, you move on. You get past it, you're only two wins away from Wembley and that's then that does then start to play on the mind. And in fact, there's obviously a couple of other teams at the top of echelons of our division that will be potentially thinking the same thing. So it'd be interesting to see um, who goes through in the next round. And if ourselves, I think Bolton are still in it, uh, Portsmouth, you know, if they get through and four out of the top six are in the quarterfinals of the AFL trophy, it then it'd be interesting to see if it then starts to um, divide and obviously the potential would be that we we draw against each other potentially, um, and then you know that could kick on somebody's season for the second half, or it, it could you know it could derail you. So yeah, it, I like what I'm seeing at the minute without it being glorious, and and that that's that's the one thing. It's not glorious at the minute, and we've got that patch coming up where notoriously Derby have faltered over over the last few years. Um, it would be great to wrong, but you know, right those wrongs really. Get a just get a season out of the way where we where we don't capitulate in in that period of time. Um, because let's face it, Chris. I, I'm if we don't, I think there's only one there's only one direction that Derby in current form. There's only one direction that Derby are going. Um, now, if that be we make the top two or not, whatever. But you know. I'd even say at this point, it would have to be a catastrophic second half to the season for Derby to be out of the playoffs come come May. Because I just don't think, A, there's enough quality in there um, for many other teams to, to fight it. And I just don't think Derby can be that bad over 23 games for him to drop out of it. Interestingly, though, obviously, after the results yesterday, I was having a, look, a bit of a look and great to see, Peter, uh, obviously, Portsmouth drop points from a Derby's perspective. It's still very congested in there. And so, you know, we have won seven out of eight, but I think it's only like a two, three-point gap out of the playoffs. So that maybe actually counteracts a little bit what I've just said there. It is still quite tight in there. And it's taken a run like that for Derby to get themselves in it. And at the moment, it's that they're going to have to continue on that sort of a run. Um, and which brings you to the point about Friday. It is tough. And it's obviously it's that mental one getting one over on um you know on a on a promotion rival. It could be it could be it's gonna be a big game, and I just want Derby to get out of it unscathed. I, I don't care if it's a nil-nil boring draw. I really don't. It'd be a great statement to go and beat them. Of course it would. You don't want to go and get slapped 3-0 because that's not 
I don't think it's going to help. And the other point to it is, obviously, Derby haven't lost for a while. They've not really conceded many goals in a while. Um, if something like that came along, you could look at it as a freak result, but how much damage is that going to do? That will test the metal, that will test the grit and the determination of the side. And so, as a swinging debate point on the podcast, Chris, would it be good for Derby to take a bit of a hit just to see how they react? Because if we don't, and we, we if we continue and get a couple of results, and then, I don't know, no disrespects, lose at Fleetwood in three weeks' time, is that going to be more of a rock of the boat than anything else? Do Derby possibly just need knocking down a peg to see where they are? Going back to your point regarding the congestion, um, I think one thing that has formed is a mini league, hasn't there? There's seven, there's seven teams now, I believe, with with Blackpool being the seventh team that are pretty much. I think there's a four point gap between seventh and eighth, and I think then between sort of sixth and eighth is that eight points. So I think, I think you you're right. I think the quality is now for all to see. I think the league is now proving itself. I think the exception is Stevenage, uh, which is a a strange one. Um, Steve M's football gets its success and so far so good for him. I'm not convinced that they'll stay around. I think they'll be the one that will they'll fall by the wayside and they've played two games more than, than, than most of the people around them. Regarding taking a hit, um, I think Oxford need the performance because they're at the moment hit and miss. They got rid of obviously Liam Manning. Well, they didn't get rid of him. They They didn't really have a choice. Um, and there they seem to be plucking out results like they got a, a last gas winner, I believe, yesterday at Cambridge, um, which would have done them a world of good. Like you can imagine, they're going to go into the game against us uh, uh, on a on a high wave like we are. So it, it, it's crying out to be a great game. Would I take a hit? <clears throat> I think arrogance hasn't hit the team yet. I think arrogance hit Portsmouth and you can see that they are now potentially if games in hand are won and results go against them that coming out of the new year period they could be out the top top two and it could happen. Um, I I would take personally a nil-nil as well. I think to stamp authority on an away performance, to take seven points out of nine against three big clubs in the league is a big success. I would have taken five going into this period and stayed around the top six, gone into the January window, done a deal quickly. If Bird and Cashin are going to go, let's get, let's get them sold. Let's keep them on a loan. Let's get that nonsense out of the way. That, that deal has to be done in my opinion, January the 1st, January the 2nd. We do not want that over our heads, Jason. For, for 30 days. We just don't. Um, I, I'd be interested to see what Oxford are like now, Jason. I don't know if you've seen them under the new regime. They were fantastic under Liam Manning and I thought they, they tore a derriere off us when they played us at the start of the season. But under the new regime, I don't know what we're, we're, we're coming up against personally. So all we can really relate to is what we're seeing from our, our, our end. And if they go to Oxford with the same ability confidence, consistency and emotion that they showed yesterday, I, I don't see a defeat. 
Yeah, I, I would I would agree. And no, I haven't uh, seen Oxford under the new regime. Um, as you say, last gasp. In fact, there's a couple of sides in the top six that got last gasp uh, winners yesterday. Which it was it was looking really rosy for Derby, but I think even Peterborough got one in the in the last minute, or uh, Bolton got one in the last minute. I can't remember who it was now. Um, so you know it would have even been um, a little bit more a bit more prettier for us to to look at going into the uh, the next game. But yeah, it, I think you're right though on the point that if if Derby turn up and obviously that is a bit of a big question. If Derby do turn up in the same way Friday night as they um, as they did yesterday, I, they'd be a match for most. I, I think that's that's fair to say. Uh, goals change games. You know, it's. Yesterday, you could straight from the off for me. You know, you you could see there was an urgency, there was a purpose. Um, we should have scored earlier than what we did. There was just something about it, and obviously, a criticism that they've had over the last couple of games is Derby starting. They've started slow at home. Um, we didn't start slow yesterday. I mean, we had a couple of corners within in the first three minutes. In fact, the old game for the first 10, 15 minutes was quite a ebby flowy sort of game without them really creating a great deal but it was a little bit end to end and then the goal really did kick us on and as I say well, well, how we haven't put more in the net is you know we'll ju- just take it as an off day if that means that we score a couple on uh, on Friday night Chris I'll I'll take it all day long that's that's no problem um, but yeah it's, it's intriguing and I think the transfer thing you, yeah I, I wouldn't want to from a Derby's perspective you ain't going to want that dragging on the problem is I think from a buyer's perspective that to me is because of the contract situations. That is a end of month deadline day sort of deal, and it will it will then test Klaus, um basically to see if he's got the balls to hold out um, and go. No, if you're not going to do the deal, we'll lose him for free in the summer potentially, um, or do the pound signs and, and the money mean more at the moment? And will that allow us to? invest in a way in January that I know it doesn't guarantee but almost guarantee that come the end of the season we're definitely in the playoffs if not you know knocking on the top two obviously you can't predict that that's that's hard but I'd, I'd like as a as a and as an acute businessman you'd like to hope um that they've set the stall out because I imagine they both for bird and cashing the teams who were involved in the summer will still be sniffing round um, I imagine it's probably less than they were offering in the summer. And it, it will. It, it, it'll test his metal on what's more important. Three, four million pounds in the bank or those two players, those two players till the end of the season. Um, and I think it, that to me is, is a difficult decision. Um, you could take cashing out that back line, put Bradley in. And I think we'd be okay. I agree. You take Max Bird out of midfield. I don't know if we've quite got, even though we've got a number of midfielders, I don't know if we've quite got somebody who would replace him without having to dip into the market. And then it does then obviously become how much are you going to have to spend? If you're only going to get a million, two million for Max Bird, but you're going to have to spend at least one and a half to bring somebody else in. For me, I'd I'd not bother. Um, I'd I'd do the deals potentially and go look. We want we're having until the end of the season. Or actually, you can have them at the end of the season for free. Not a problem. They're, they're more they're of more value. And I just I don't really see how 
the money coming in for them in January with six months left on the deals is going to be enough to tempt them and not go, well, we'll just keep them till the end of the we'll just keep them to the end of the year and they can they can go on a free. I, I don't think there's an amount in in the summer, four and a half million for Cashian, couple of million for Bird. Do you know what? That might have been a very difficult decision. But I'm talking obviously from my perspective. I I think that would have that would have been good business for Derby. I don't see that figure now really being anywhere near seven million. I think you're probably looking more around three to four for the pair of them. And I just I just don't know if there's going to be enough out there to bring in in January with that sort of money behind you that wouldn't be a gamble, that wouldn't come in and upset the apple cart from a team's perspective, from a from, from that perspective. I think it'd probably be more valuable for them to uh, to hang around, Chris. But of course, football's not it's not as easy as that. If they want to go, then they'll you know if they want to cause a stink, then they will. And that's the other side of it. That's what we don't want. We don't want them hanging around because the money wasn't right, and then they're becoming a bad you know a bad apple in the dressing room because that could also derail us. I think I think on a, on a flip on that though, Jason, that the other clubs that are around us are going to have the same dilemma. Dion Charles at Bolton. There's going to be championship clubs in the bottom six of their of their division who are going to be sniffing at League One and looking at is there anyone in League One who can get us out of this mire? Rotherham, Chef Wednesday, Huddersfield, Cardiff. They're going to be sniffing at the top top of the League One. So Clark Harris at Peterborough, Dion Charles at at Bolton, Rodriguez at Oxford, um, Pompey have got a couple of of guys, Charlie Wyke at, at, at Wigan, Derby County. I think. This is Barnsley have got a couple of lads at uh, uh, Devante Cole. That, I think uh, the Uddersfield are looking to record Jordan Rhodes from uh, from Blackpool as well because he's been in in, in tremendous yeah. form, hasn't he? So it's it's it, it, it's battle of wits now, isn't it? It's not just about the football. You know who who has the balls to hold on to their squad and who has who who flips a coin and says right we'll gamble it. it it's an interesting dilemma. It is. It will be interesting to see, and as was like you say, in a in a perfect world, if they are going to go, you'd have them go at the you know early on and finally, thank you very much, and that'll be that. I I just don't see it going that way personally. I I, I really don't. I think unfortunately this is going to drag on a little bit, um, and it'll be interesting. I mean, it, it sort of dragged on in the January in the summer window, didn't it? And Cashin was a little bit wobbly, and he, he got left out for a game. Just wasn't quite sure where his where his head was. Um, you just don't want that again in what is, you know, a, a, a could be, uh, dependent on the next two, um, a really important run of, uh, again, another important run of fixtures for Derby. Um, and as I said, then you say you, you get somebody coming in January, doesn't always, as we well know, doesn't always, um, it's all well and good having four million in the bank and bringing two others in. It, it, it doesn't, it doesn't mean it's going to work out, does it? No, it doesn't. And and also, I think going back to the cash-in uh, dilemma, he's in a lot better form now than he was when the when the door was being knocked on uh, in the first transfer window. What I will say about this time of year is that if you're a scout, it's the perfect time to, to scout players. Like to, to watch them three times in the space of eight days will tell you everything that you need to know. And, and, I, and I do think that in the form that Derby are at the moment, don't be surprised if other bids come in for other players Wildsmith, for example, as a as a solid keeper, um, the, the, there's other opportunities out there for us potentially to be to be scuppered. But 
look, at the moment, the distraction is the football. Three games in nine days, I think it is, um, stops people talking about what we're talking about now, which is the transfer window. But we, we have to accept that we need to get the points on the board quickly. So when that dilemma comes, decisions are easily made. Absolutely. And, and that is that is the key takeaway from it, really. As I said, we'll, we'll definitely dive into the transfer window chat um, after this busy period when there's you know a little less football to talk about, I suppose. Um, but that's about it for the, for the podcast, really. I'm, I wasn't going to do one before the Peterborough game, but I might try and sneak one in. So we're not going to talk too much about Peterborough at the moment and we'll, and we'll see where we lie after uh, after Friday's fixture. But so far, it's been a quite a pleasant... Um, quite a pleasant Christmas period for for Derby, Chris, and obviously long may you know long may it continue. Um, and as I say, as we've just mentioned, tricky one Friday. Get in there, get out of it unscathed, however that may well be. Throw a surprise. I think Derby surprised me with the way that they played yesterday. I have to be honest. Um, and obviously we watch it week in week out. That was a, a surprising performance. Didn't think that they'd actually. Really got that, not got that it got it in them, but I, I didn't expect it yesterday. I think it's the fairest way to say it. Um, really, the last word is same on Friday. Same on Friday. Um, we'll take a nil nil, but I've got a feeling it'll be another one nil. I've got a feeling that we will uh, run another cosh a bit more, but I think a a set play esque goal will come from, from our back four, and uh, let's hope that it happens. Absolutely, and uh. Yeah, that is pretty much it. And we didn't even get round to talking about Ryan Liambe, which we'll, we'll pick up on on the next pod. That's fine. But he signed a new contract, cracking Christmas present. Um, but unfortunately, we lose him after Peterborough to the Africa Cup of Nations. But never mind. Hopefully, Namibia will be out earlier on and he, he gets to come back before the end of February. That's it for this mini episode. We'll join you on the next one. From me and Chris, up the ramps. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Rams Review Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to get in touch, we're on Twitter at Rams Review 1. Our Facebook is Rams Review Podcast. Or you can drop us an email, ramsreview at hotmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, up the Rams.